Hey, do you remember the It Takes Two Cynics episodes of this podcast that we do where we do a bit of analysis? How about if I get you four cynics? In the time between recording this special episode of the Keep Dancing podcast and editing it and releasing it, we've had extra news uh, that Motsie has had to go into self-isolation and that it looks like Anton will be replacing her. So uh, disregard the Anton section of this podcast. Everybody. I thought that maybe seeing as we're a little bit into the series now, you might enjoy a bit of a recap of the recaps, as it were. Um, some different views, a change of scenery, but still keeping it strictly. So I am joined by Rob from Entertainment Odds. Hi, Ali. Um, I run entertainmentodds.com which is focused on tv betting analysis so strictly is one of the the big shows of the year um obviously we we missed out on eurovision 2020 this year so strictly has become an even bigger focus um and uh yeah we're just uh we're just taking in this uh this news uh today about uh Nicola and Katia having to withdraw because that has big implications on the betting markets. I bet it does, actually. And we'll get into that later. Um, Ewan, who you might remember from previous series as It Takes Two Cynics episodes. Yeah, we now have four cynics returning into a Four Tops tribute podcast here. Hello, I'm Ewan Spence. You might recognise me from such podcasts as ESC Insight and the Scottish Book Trusts Meet the Author. And also this one. Um, yep, you're a sort of a reality TV storytelling expert. Yes, and this year's obviously there are stories that are outside the Strictly bubble, sorry, that are impacting as well. But I'm enjoying the fact that Strictly is actually creating its own stories outside of the dances. There's a story to the actual show. Hmm, it is, it is more of a thriller, a medical thriller this year. Um, and Ariadne... Hi, I'm Ariadne and I recap reality TV, one of the shows that I do is Strictly, but I also do Bake Off, Sewing Bee and MasterChef at ariadnereviews.com. And I studied and graduated at York um, doing film and television production. Ah, good. So you are also an expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With confidence. Yes. With no imposter syndrome here. You're an expert. Okay, so we're not doing a sort of a fast recap of all of the dancers like we do in the normal episodes. We're here to take a more considered view of what we think the story of Strictly so far is. I'll start on that one. Okay. Because yeah. one of the things that the BBC is, is a public service broadcaster. And I do think this year that Strictly is more public service broadcasting than it has been previously. It's one of, it's been one of the few shows since March 
where everything feels normal again. It's, there's this nice, you know, once Strictly started, even though it was late, there was a feeling of, it's Strictly. I know this, this is familiar. I can wear it like a nice comfy blanket. The nation all gathers around the digital fireplace in a way that you don't get on the likes of Celebrity in the Jungle or Dancing on Ice Spectacular Got Talent. It's public service broadcasting. It's this big thing of everything is fine. It's normal. Here's a nice safe space. Let's have some fun. Let's have some good Saturday Night Light entertainment. And I'm really enjoying that. So for you, the story has been uh, normality amongst the weirdness. Yeah, there is weirdness, but there's also a, a big sense of it's all okay. It's Things are different, but we're going to find a way and it's going to be good. Stick with us. Hmm. Ariadne, for you? Um, I would say it's... It- is the thing about this strictly is it feels much more like it's as big and grand as ever, but there's also an element of it that feels very pared back. And it feels like, to me, it feels like one of the much more earlier series of Strictly. Ooh, yeah. How so? But like not, not in a sort of negative way. I quite like it. I think to me, I don't, in regards to sort of the storylines of the people and that sort of thing, we get to see much more of the training and which I, quite frankly missed the last couple of series because we had those sort of quite weird sort of comedy VTs sort of shoehorned in everywhere. Yeah, and like the presence of Bruno on the Saturday night, I don't feel that I've even noticed that they weren't there. I've just enjoyed seeing more of what I tune in for, which is people developing skills, developing friendships and telling these stories yes yeah rob how have the changes affected how you've approached this series of strictly oh god i mean there's so much to to cover ellie um we probably haven't got enough time this evening um but uh yeah i mean following up with uh what Ewan was saying there i agree there's been a sense of the show um you know actively striving to be more feel good this year um because it obviously does have this role to um you know lift our spirits if you like and um i think with lockdown two happening as well that's kind of made it even more um imperative to kind of you know deliver that sort of uh that feel-good tone i mean it's been very noticeable to me that craig in particular has been almost muzzled hasn't he he's not uh nearly as, as kind of tough as he usually is with his with his critiques always ending on a positive note. Um, I specifically so, noticed um, Tess reproaching him when he said that Jackie Smith looked drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't normally happen. Yeah, and he was just, he was so generous, wasn't he, last, um, last Saturday? I mean, Bill stepped up. Obviously, he was last on the night. Um, he had the pimp slot. It was, uh, it was an entertaining passo, but he didn't, he didn't endure any criticism whatsoever from Craig. I thought it was very, very odd. Um, he, he just name-checked him for the final, which is um, almost unprecedented, really. Yeah, I feel like the sort of um, the level of celebrity that Bill Bailey is has warped the space-time of the Strictly continuum a little bit. We all know that Maisie and Harvey have been put here because 
they can already dance. There is already some expectation that they will be able to give us skillful dancers from the start to the end of the series. But we all also know that that's not necessarily who's going to win. Is it is it likely, um, gang, that we are going to have a ringer winning year or a journey winning year? Well, what I noticed is that online, Harvey's not nearly as popular as I thought he was. Like his dances and things don't get as many views or hits on social media as I thought they would. I don't know who his demographic is. I don't know where his constituency are. I thought that... So when he was cast... I thought that he might be very popular with the preteens uh, from the CBBC role and given like the where his numbers are on social media, but I don't know. I don't know that his routines are matching up with that. I think that we really need to be looking for a winner that's much more comfortable because... The feeling I get of, again, I'll go back to that public service broadcasting, is people do want a bigger distraction. The big moments this year so far have been the fun, light moments. There was um, Tess' blue screen of deathing uh, and just completely corpsing from Claudia. And whatever Jamie was doing with Hercules, it wasn't dancing, but it asked, it put such a smile on my face of, you, you're not a great dancer, but you are fully committing to what Saturday night is. So I think we're going to be looking at a winner who's comfortable, that everybody just, just goes, oh, and the two standouts for me, Bill and, and OT, partly because Bill is just so entertaining and knows exactly how he's going to play it down the lens, coupled with OT's choreography. But I think Ranvi and Giovanni are in with a chance. It's classic. It's a dancing show. They're dancing. They're happy. It looks professional. I just think that that comfiness is going to be a much bigger factor than in previous years. I would have said the most comfy candidate would be JJ. Oh, certainly. He's got all the makings of a one-show presenter, doesn't he? Yes. Well, half the cast of Strictly are usually contenders to be a one-show This <laughs> yeah, is their, yeah, this is what, their trial, what, isn't it? That's, yeah. what, that's what most of them do next. Um so yeah, Rob, we're talking now about the the journey contestants. Yeah. Um and well, I guess we're good. I'm just putting uh Maisie and Harvey to one side because they seem a little bit different to a sort of regular ringer. Um but how has sort of Ranvia and JJ's overperformance so far factored in for you? Well, yeah, I mean it's really interesting because uh, like you say uh, Harvey and Maisie, they, they just have this this kind of ringer status from, from week one, and that, that's never a good thing. Um, but, you know, they're probably very likely going to go to the final. And um, I guess now we're probably looking at a four-couple final. So we, we're going to have two, in theory, journey contestants possibly arriving there and taking on Maisie and Harvey. Um, I have my doubts about JJ and, and Ranveer. Um I think what we've seen is very generous treatment for both of them. Um, when you look at their dance choices over the first three weeks, um, they couldn't have been kinder, really, to, to both of them. Um, so I, I see their challenge more likely to sort of peter out. Um, that's not to say that Ranveer can't make the, the latter stages. She certainly can. Um, 
I think she's got a real test on her hands this Saturday, actually, with her first fast Latin in this cha-cha-cha, which is always, always difficult. And just looking the at le- the training footage tonight, the, the leg leg extensions weren't looking right. The hips are okay. The leg extensions, not so much. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got I've got doubts about, about Ramvir. I actually feel that the, the kind of the long-range journey, if you like, is being teed up more for Clara, um, and also possibly Caroline. In, on the regular sort of Sunday night recordings, we've taken Clara really to heart, but we're concerned that Clara is going to be um, like one of the same kind of contestants that we, we fall in love with every year. She's fabulous. She looks good in a frock. She gets really talked up by the judges, but a series of like early running order slots and sort of relatively skimpy marking usually means that we lose her and her fabulousness fairly early on. No, no nothing to worry about, Ellie. Um, I, I think it's intentional. I, I really do. I think they're they're concealing Clara at this point. I mean, when you look down the list of all nine, uh, nine remaining contestants now that, that Nicola's gone, um, they've all received an eight except for Clara. I mean, her scoring has been borderline laughable. Um, I think she's, I saw something on Digital Spy today that I think she's second last in the series points totals um, and she's only ahead of Jamie. Um, and that just does not represent her, her dance ability. Um, I, I'd put her in the top three dances of, of the series with Maisie and Harvey. And I think we're going to see that um, coming through more and more, starting, in fact, on Saturday with this Charleston, which is looking really, really top-notch in training. I can't wait. This is, of course, if you go into the, the judges' And the producers have, you know, are complicit with each other. Now, of course, there are going to be sort of signals and understandings between those two camps, but I do think that there is a genuine wall in there of opinion. With Clara, Rob, I can pro- take your idea that they're going on the journey, but I think Clara's biggest downf- downfall is going to be the mental game. She is. We can see it on the Sunday night results show that when she's waiting for those results, she's really feeling the pressure. And I do wonder what that will do if she ever reaches into a dance-off and if she goes further into the contest. This is like where the sports people who may not have the most dancing ability, but they're much better suited to performing under pressure. I think that's where Clara's weakness is going to be. Or the theatre people. So we've got two people in this series of Strictly who are only here because the theatres are closed. Caroline and Bill. And... I just feel like they are such a departure from regular, strictly uh, casting that, yeah, they have sort of slightly warped the space-time continuum, as I said before. Ariadne, what do you reckon is in store for Caroline and Bill? I, I Like other people have said, um, I see Bill very much going to the final. With Caroline, I don't know. I think... She, if anyone, might sort of be the midway one that shocks the audience going, but I don't necessarily, I personally wouldn't view it as a shock if she goes within the next sort of two weeks-ish. There is always that one elimination that makes you go, oh, it's the competition. We've, we're, we're not just having fun here. And that might be Caroline this year. 
That's what I think. Or it depends how Ranvier goes with a um, sort of party Latin, doesn't it? Yeah. Because Ranvier, I don't know how, like, I can't gauge how strong Ranvier's vote is. Uh, Rob, you've been running your exit polls on, um, have you any idea whether she's holding up okay or not? Absolutely, yeah. Actually, I'd, I'd love to put in a plug for that, uh, Ellie, if, 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 uh, if I can. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, strictlypoll.com. Um, yeah, I'd love your, your listeners to um, go to strictlypoll.com on Saturday evening. Um, we open it um, pretty much as the show is coming to an end and when Claudia is saying vote lines are now open. And uh, we'll be keeping it open for about 45 minutes. Um from you know when when strictly ends to 45 minutes afterwards um we just want to make sure that everyone has time to vote i think we sort of uh we cut things off a little bit too early it was our it was our first week last week so we're kind of we're learning as we go along um ranvier um we, we need we need more voting numbers really ellie if, I, if i'm honest with you um and uh then we can get a more robust result but um Actually, it was more significant that Clara. Clara did very well um, on on the poll last Saturday because I think there is a sense of her being harshly treated. I, I think it's it's quite blatant and and the underscoring. So that is a vote motivator in itself. I think Ranveer, she would have done well last Saturday, no doubt about it. I mean, the styling was perfect. Um, Giovanni did a great job with that routine. Um, you know, you know, they sold it tremendously well, um, and. Yeah, I, I think she would have would have been doing very well. But I also think that the strictly vote is very fluid from week to week, and she can have a shocker with Cha 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 on Saturday. She can get sort of you know tough tough love from the from the judges, low scores, and then her her polling figures will be plummeting, and she could dare I say even go into the dance off. It's not unheard of, you know. We had we had Dev last year from top of the leaderboard to being eliminated the following week, dancing Cha Cha Cha. Um, and I think there was another one the year before. I just can't quite remember who it was. But you can go from sort of hero to zero very quickly on on Strictly from week to week. Speaking of uh, hero to zero, Jamie. So he's not here for a long time, but he's here for a good time. And I think he is sort of encapsulating the spirit of Strictly 2020. I, I I just love how Jamie has sort of stumbled into this sort of comedy role because I don't know if when they brought him on if they thought he would be as funny as he is. I think, was he not being positioned as a hunk last year? Yeah, very much so. And then we got Kelvin. Mm, um, but yeah, Jamie just being terrible but loving it is so endearing and we say jamie's not here for a very long time but scott mills made something like week seven mm, okay danger yeah exactly <laughs> ewan i just love the energy that jamie's bringing to this um i love the idea of trying to work out what his story was going to be last year because there's no way that kelvin took over jamie's storyline it's, he had a completely separate one that came out of the blue. I wonder how long the producers thought he was going to stay in initially. Um, one of the interesting things um, that we've heard back from from Jackie when she was doing her podcast after Strictly, she did a half hour on just what it was like, 
was she emphasised that the producers chose both of their first songs. So the first two songs were completely producer-led, not chosen with any input from the couples. So it's very interesting to look back at Jamie's first two dances there. But, you know, the Hercules... You, there, there's a sense that that was a comedy one that could have made it the bottom two, but he brought so much of himself. And, you know, I'm here for a good time was basically you know what, I'm just going to do anything and everything that they ask of me here. What do you need me to be here? You need me to be musical theatre Hercules. Done. I can't lift Karen, I'll just pretend. There we go, and just go down again for a little bit. I think that is going to do him in, in good stead. I mean, if you, there's a couple of people in the sort of lower ranks that I think Jamie could easily dispose of in the dance-off. I mean, the obvious one is there is Maximum George. And I, you know, if he did a Jamie Max tie-in, I think Jamie would be in with a shot on that one. So we could have him for at least another two weeks, I think. Ooh, but I, I don't know. We're ne- we're already at the point where I don't want any of them to go. Um, I'm looking to see who we've not really talked about, and it is basically yes, Max Wanted or Max George, if you insist on calling him by his actual name. What's he here for? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Was he meant to be this year's hot one? Why did they why did they Simpsons him that? Oh no. <laughs> it's because they realized he wasn't going to be the hot one. Yeah. Rob, do you know why Max is here? Well, I I've got a theory on the on the Simpsons uh routine. I, I think Max potentially is very dangerous on the on the public vote, he's a great fit with the voting audience. And if they sent him on uh, a real sort of improvement narrative, he he would be a danger to all and and could easily win the show. And I think on the back of Kelvin winning last year, they certainly don't want that happening. A sort of you know likable, uh, humble northern lad because he comes across great in interview. I think I think he's tremendous, um, and he, he's got a good partnership going with Diane as well. Um, but I think they're just gonna they're just gonna keep a lid on his vote, and and with that Simpsons routine, it was again. It, I think it was all about suppressing his vote because I read a lot of people online saying they hated it. They thought it was awful. I loved it. I thought it was genius. I, I, I thought it was very very clever. But that sort of polarizing effect, uh, I don't think that's uh, a coincidence. I think, like I say, that they're, they're, they're just. They're letting Max sort of glide along. Um, I, I think they'll probably take him out maybe in the quarterfinal or something like that. But um, I, I don't see him as a finalist. Yeah. Um, with the shorter series this year, we see more opportunities for things like um, Harvey and Max could both get all the way to the final without going anywhere near a rumba. Yeah, oh. I mean, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to... Uh, avoid unsuitable dances and i mean it's actually very interesting to me from the point of view of caroline because she after saturday will be the only contestant left in assuming she she gets through saturday which i believe she will uh who hasn't been tasked with a fast latin routine and again i just i don't think that's a coincidence i think it's probably going to be teed up for week five for her first fast latin uh probably a samba or a salsa um, we know Johannes is sort of the, the fast Latin supremo. Hmm. And I think there is room there 
for Caroline to surprise. And I, th- I think this is, again, we've got a few hints from what they've been telling her. You know, she's had sort of quite tough comments and critiques for the last couple of weeks. And, and if the fast Latin dance is that key to unlock the sort of letting it go and the wildness that you're looking yeah, for. That's yeah. it, Ellie. That's what I think that they've teed up in those comments about, you know, you need to let yourself go more um, and that sort of thing. It just seems the obvious payoff to me. And then if she gets through that unscathed, um, you know, they can be very clever. They can give her a rumba as a Latin routine, which for Caroline I think would be great with Johannes. He did a really good rumba uh, last series with with Catherine uh, Catherine Tilsley, um, then she'll be back to ballroom, and then come a semi final, they can give her a Charleston with with a ballroom, and again, I think Caroline could sell a Charleston. So, I see a route to the final for Caroline, and I I'm still sensing a sort of narrative that's being very cleverly uh, built up for her, uh, similar to th- how I see things with Clara. Are we getting a musicals week this year? I believe so because they'll certainly want to keep her around for that won't they yeah that's the quarterfinal well i would also assume they'll want bill around for the quarterfinal because it just seems it seems mad that he hasn't done a musical yet that dr doolittle routine was very sort of musical theater to me though it sort of felt like it would fit into musical week quite well Oh no, but yeah. like in his in his professional life. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Caroline is a is a very interesting one, and it also plays into we have a shorter season here, so it's actually much easier to sculpt the story that Rob has laid out here when you're only what about half the runtime to maybe about to about sixty percent of the runtime, so you've lost a lot of dances. You can compress this you, you, storytelling that would sort of stretch and be quite difficult over 13 weeks suddenly becomes a lot easier over eight or nine weeks to actually get through because you really only need one breakthrough moment. You don't need two steps. You can just do a four, a four, and then you're in the grand final, whereas previously you'd, you'd, you couldn't do a six and six. You'd have to like do a four, a four, a four, and a, and a one. So the so, short so that would that would have that would have maybe broken down as... Caroline's okay. Caroline's hips are not like quite telling the party story. Caroline overcomes. That would have been the the long form story. Yes, you, but you, instead, three act. Instead, we're just going for Caroline's quite good. Caroline overcomes. Yes, <laughs> or Caroline suddenly blossoms. Yeah, and runs. And you, yeah. See, here's the other question. How I'd love love to ask the panel. How much of a surprise is Bill and Oti to the production team? None. Absolutely none. No, they knew what they were getting when they signed him up. Rob? Yeah, well, I I could see the, the potential for, for Bill. You know, I, I'd kind of sussed out all his musicality and um, I, I, I thought he was going to be a surprise on the show. And... He has been the surprise on the show, and and that's sort of I suppose that's been the biggest story of, of of Strictly so far. And did they know? I I don't know about that. The interesting thing for me is, I I think Jamie now is almost being pegged as sort of a bit of a comedy turn, which was maybe what people originally thought was going to be Bill's role, but obviously now he's offering the show so much more than that. Um, so 
that's maybe why we're seeing Jamie, you know, doing his funny Charleston and so forth. And, and they're, they're maybe trying to send him down that road. I'm actually looking forward to Jamie and Karen doing the samba as in matching mariachi suits. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, without wanting to weigh us all down with too much coronavirus chat, we are now at the point where we've had one COVID withdrawal with Katya and Nicola, which, Rob, you were saying that changes everything on the betting markets. Yeah, it does, Ellie. Um I mean, you know, Nicola was uh, was one of the favourites to be eliminated on Saturday. Obviously, we've just seen her in in the bottom two. Uh, the big question was, you know, is the show going to make an effort to kind of bounce her to, to week five, which is, you know, sometimes what we see happen, like we saw with Jamie having been bottom two. He got a, you know, he got a great edit um, for, for, for the Charleston on Saturday and then he escapes bottom two. So, um yeah, the elimination market sort of went into <laughs> went into turmoil um, briefly. So now it's according to you know us guys who, who are sort of all about the odds. We think it's very likely between uh, JJ and and Jamie now for third elimination because the other issue they have is I don't think they're going to want to lose a woman. Um, in the third elimination because that would leave us only with three women in the competition, wouldn't it? So I think it's highly likely we're going to lose a guy and I tend to think it might be JJ looking at his jive, which to, to my eye looked really, really poor. And cynically, you want to keep him in during remembrance season. Yes, but that's after, it. But after remembrance season... That is horrible. No, but that's, yeah, that's the way we look at it as well, Ellie. And, and you make a great point because that was kind of JJ's weekend in a way. And then we've had him reporting for the one show all about uh, Remembrance Sunday. And, um, yeah, you just feel like it's kind of journey over for him now. Um, I think they've been very kind to him the first few weeks. Uh, gave him some very... Uh, favorable dances uh, that you know he could he could sort of get away with um but he's another one you know fast latin it's just it's going to find him out mm. and as the rules sort of tighten up and the scoring tightens up when they're looking for more technicality and more precision and more the move must look like this jj is going to find himself at a greater disadvantage yeah Ewan, you had made a good point to me on WhatsApp earlier about how uh, how Strictly's way of dealing with COVID, all of their internal protocols that they tell us about very clearly every week, how that is in itself part of the public service broadcasting. Yes, and we're seeing when we did have an audience, we saw them all in masks. We hear every week that we've recorded these dances beforehand, with the professionals when everybody was in the bubble, which also means that the BBC are quietly saying, this bit is not live. Don't try and catch the audience out. This is definitely not live. But yeah, it's just that sort of, if all of the UK, essentially, the, the TV audience is watching, they're being told every week masks are a good thing, bubbles are a good thing. And unfortunately, with Katia's positive test, is that 
when somebody gets a positive test, the whole household, the whole bubble goes into isolation. It's very hard. We know that it means people will be missing out on, on experiences. But this is what we do. And the BBC to is... keep each other safe. Yeah, yeah, the BBC is, in its own way, educating through entertainment. And it's also informing people of things like masks, of protocols, of best practices. And that there is public service broadcasting. Nicola, I think, is going to be okay uh, because she just posted on her Instagram that tomorrow the new Call of Duty game that she was planning on playing heavily is launching. So she's got two weeks in self-isolation to uh, max her kill count. Um, Ariadne, you have been um, dealing with all of the COVID uh, adaptations in your recaps and, like, is it difficult to judge how much levity you can apply to all of this like how do you know what's fair game um i think sort of i think the way production has treated it has been quite good because i think they've been very open with it they've kind of drawn attention to it they've made jokes about it like claudia constantly draws attention to it and it's a joke essentially so i feel like they almost invite it Especially with the with the interview queue all the way up the stairs, that is yes. very funny. And Claudia's COVID safe carousel. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In fact, it's almost a little bit of a reset because all of the shenaniganating on the balcony was becoming like almost self-indulgent. Yeah, I was just going to say it's been a while since we've seen Jeanette doing a conga with some sort of inflatable... She's just do, she's do, doing it in the dark downstairs. Yeah, all on her own. Oh, dear. Um, any other business? I'll just make the point, Ellie, about... Um, I mean, again, it's sort of coming more from, from the trading perspective, but, uh, you know, only having the three paddles in operation this year... Um, this is uh, this is something different, and and we're actually missing we're missing that fourth paddle in, in 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 many respects because the three paddles is a bit problematic because you end up potentially with a lot of ties on the leaderboard. I mean, we're seeing ties already. Um, it, it usually means that those at the bottom of the leaderboard have more chance of escaping the dance off if there are lots of ties because it's sort of concertina's things. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm missing I'm missing the fourth paddle, and I'm looking forward. Actually, I'm probably in the minority in saying this because I don't think Strictly fans uh, are, are big Bruno fans. But I I really miss Bruno. I miss his energy. I miss his enthusiasm, and I, and I miss his uh, I miss his paddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is very problematic only having three sets of scores mm. because when two of the judges are effectively scoring from five to ten. Um, the just the range of available score levels yeah. is reduced, yeah. and like at some point, like when when the first ten comes out, it's gonna be it's gonna be basically over. Yeah, it it just doesn't work for me with the with the three paddles. Um, I mean, I'm I'm assuming Bruno's Bruno's gonna come back. I think it should be for the quarterfinal, shouldn't it? I was having a look at the. Dancing with the Stars schedule because they're just heading into their semi-final, but then presumably he's going to have to have some 
two weeks of self-isolation. Yes. Yeah, when he gets back to the UK. I mean, I can see for contractual reasons that replacing him would be legally problematic, but t- just getting a one-season temporary judge in would probably have been fine. Mm. Especially just somebody to replace that end-of-the-row exuberance that Bruno has. Yeah, what's Donny Osmond doing? (laughs) Just bring Alicia Dixon back. Why not? I would be here for it. One of the things I'm going to be interested in going forward is what impact this year's Strictly is going to have on next year's Strictly. It's been running 18 years now, and the last couple of years, for me, has felt like it's been on rails. It's like, we do this because we've always done this, we do that next because we always have. It's turning into a little bit of a pastiche of itself. This year, by necessity, you know, quite a lot of that has got to be thrown out the window. Bruno is, is the biggest the biggest one there, but also the guest bookings, what you bring out onto the stage. Next year, I don't think they can go backwards back to the equivalent of a Series 17. I think this is actually going to give Strictly a good four or five more years' life as a fresh-feeling show rather than just letting it sort of go on by momentum. So I'm looking forward to what gets kept and what is... We don't need that anymore, so let's just get rid of it. I hope it's not the bloody AR graphics. (sighs) Oh, I still, I'm still not over that them obscuring Maisie's lift at the end, and I'll be angry about that until the end of time. Yeah, the there is the, this real tension between staging and displaying skill, and I feel like in their happiness at getting the AR graphics module installed, they have chucked some great dance moments out of the window. And I think to a degree it limits the creativity because then they, the dancers know that they've got to compete with these. So they're like, okay, well, this bit, we can't do this. And I'm not quite sure. Like, I don't know in terms of the production, like when do they get told that these are going to be your AR graphics and when are these not going to be? Well, yeah, I feel like we would we would find it very revealing to um, get the full timeline of putting together a dance because I'm sure there's at least three ways that a dance comes about on Strictly. There's everything is decided by the producer, the the dancer choreographs it, the celeb learns it. And then there's the celeb says, this is my favorite song. The producer's okay. And then it gets choreographed. And then there's ones that start out from the dancer. It's very interesting. I'm going to go back to Jackie Smith's podcast here because one of the things that she said is that for her second dance uh, this year with Anton, Tom Jones, she said, oh, Anton told me not only is that one of his favourite songs, but he's been asking the producers for years that he wants to do it. And he said to me, we are using fans, darling. So, Oh, I see. Yeah. So part of me is, is like, okay, well, that comes back to the producers are very much, this is what you're doing. We're setting up the storylines ourselves with the song choices. But 
it also leads into an, another thing that I picked up, which is, and I think we've mentioned this in an earlier Keep Dancing podcast, which is French and Saunders said they would never do Strictly because they knew they would get Anton. And oh, I wonder yes. how many guests, how many female celebrities they are losing because of that. Let's round off the episode with a good old go on Anton. I genuinely thought after, because he, he was with, uh, who was he with last year? Emma Barton. Got to the final. Yeah, yep. I, I genuinely thought that maybe after last year something might be different. And then, no, we got right back to square one. Yes, and I was aghast to see Richard Osmond suggest that Anton take up the fourth judge's seat after he was eliminated this year. Oh, no. I think that was in jest. Rob, I don't think he was in jest. I don't think he was joking. <laughs> Well, I made the mistake of making a joke about Anton last year and got severe abuse from a lot of people. I think they've they've all blocked me. I think there's a feeling that, you know, Anton has been a bit hard done by over the years. You know, he seemed an obvious guy to come in and, and, and possibly co-present the show, you know, when, when Sir Bruce uh, stepped down. And then we had, uh, we had Len. Did Len leave first? I think it was Len, wasn't it? And, you know, you thought, well... Give Anton the, the sort of head head judge's role. I think he would have loved that, but he wasn't given it. And then Darcy Bustle left, didn't she? And again, people were saying, well, maybe Anton to take over there, but no. Um, and, and and then Shirley came in, and again, people were sort of pushing Anton's name forward. And um, I actually thought he would probably uh, pack up on the on the back of last year. I mean, I I, I thought. Uh, there was there was a narrative there that they wanted Anton to win last year. I actually firmly believe that is the case. Uh, but then Kelvin came in as this just unstoppable force, you know, because don't forget Kelvin was a substitute for Jamie. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't in the original plans. And it all pointed to me, to, to Anton, finally having this glorious swan song on Strictly and finally, you know, winning winning the glitter ball with, with Emma. And it um, didn't happen. And... Uh, yeah, he hasn't retired. He's back again, and then we kind of we knew he was going to get Jackie. We just we just knew it, you know. He's, he's had a great run to the final, and then they give him sort of the comedy duffer, um, as is usually the case. And the sort of it it becomes quite tragic um, that after these repeated slights, he's still there. Mm. Yeah, and I think what's even more telling this year is because all of the uh, pro dancers were like recorded beforehand and clearly all filmed within a very short space of time, he's got very bit parts in them. And he doesn't have a big showcase in any of them so far. And he's usually sort of muddling around at the back. Oh, he'll have his feature. Like, I'm assuming he's the featured dancer on Musicals Week or something. Oh, yeah, probably. And there may also be the impact of COVID itself. I mean, he has his own touring stage show, um, as many of the other dancers do. So it could be that he's just suddenly seen all his bookings dry up for 2020 and 2021. And when Strictly went, you are leaving this year, aren't you? He's went, I've no other work for the rest of the year. No, I'm staying. Uh, so there, there could be a, an element of that as well. But I do wonder if he missed his chance about 10 years ago. I'm just looking back at his... What else, what else have you done on TV? And the only notable thing is replacing Dale Winton on Hole in the Wall. <laughs> and 
that's the the early Saturday night tryout. Okay, it's not a great format, but that was ten years ago, and they haven't really tried Anton out anywhere else. He's not got a nice BBC Four documentary. He's not had a run through, and I mean, he'd be perfect in country file. You get the feeling, but there's it's it's almost like the BBC talent management went. You don't fit on our books. He's, and he's just stuck in this no man's land of can't leave, his, won't leave. He writes his books and he's got his tour. And I don't think that he would lose the tour if he stopped doing Strictly. I think that an Anton fan will be an Anton fan whether he's on Strictly or not. Yes, I would agree with that. But it's is, is that enough a thousand true fans to live on for the rest of your career. I feel like we've run out of Act 1 gossip and we have quite some plans for the rest of the series of Strictly. So um, I'm going to make sure everybody goes around and gets the plug-in again. Uh, but I think we'll wrap up and call this an episode. So Ariadne? So you can follow my blog at ariadnereviews.com and I'm on Twitter at ariadne underscore griffin. And you're very good. Oh, thank you. Well. Um, Ewan? Um, already mentioned the ESC Insight to cover the Eurovision Song Contest, but I also have a weekly radio show of new music from across Europe, including the top chart hits, new releases, and some classic Eurovision, which you'll find at www.europesheartbeat.com. New shows every Sunday. And I believe we're going to be providing the only UK commentary for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest at the end of the month. Yes, if, as long as the paperwork gets signed off by Geneva. Yes. Fingers crossed. And Rob? Yeah, if anyone's interested in the betting side of things, um, please do come and uh, read my articles at entertainmentodds.com. Um, and like I said before, um, we've now launched this Saturday night uh, poll to try, try and get a, a good uh, exit poll happening um, and you can vote at strictlypoll.com and then you'll see me tweeting that uh, at Ferris Day Off, which is my personal email. And uh, we also have a Twitter handle for the website, which is at Entertain Odds. And I'm Ellie and uh, I will be seeing you all on Saturday night on Twitter at, at Keep Dancing Pod. Keep dancing. Keep dancing.